Stretches to the sky.
Grief goes around you and junior missed. And Go to the Lord in prayer. We experience uh, the majesty of your holiness. worship. Father, as we worship you, I pray that you will cultivate one of the things that we have, Father, is the opportunity to serve you and our community. And as we go out living in communities around this church. Give us a burden for their salvation, Father. And as we start planting life groups, Heavenly Father, last of all, we, we ask that you continue to be a presence in our lives, that we will not fear that we... Amen. Thank you, Mike. Well, good morning. Uh, the 12th of January, uh, I'm, I'm stoked. It's the 12th of January, and I'm
uh, great ideas and dreams and things you want to get done this year. How's it going so far? Are you right on schedule? Uh, or are you the proverbial high school kid who says, it's so early in the semester on this term paper. I got So here we are in this series, uh, starting out the new year, asking the question, uh, what's new? It's a great question, isn't it? What's new? It's, it's, it's a typically American question uh, because as a culture, we're all about the new. Uh, we're the new world. Great. That was last year. That was yesterday. That was last week. But what should we do differently and better? And of course, the assumption is that what's new answers the question, what's better, uh, which it really doesn't. So what we wanted to do was to start this first month of the year by asking the question, what's new? Position it in, a, in, a, in the context of God's eternal promises and God's eternal purposes. Because in that sense, we can actually say, ask the question, what's new? Knowing that, it immediately leads us to the question, what's best? A consideration of what do we really value? What's really important? New can simply be a head fake, right? Uh, any product sells better when you add the words new and approved to it. It might be the same old, same old. Uh, but as long as you add new and approved and maybe even gluten-free, that would even be better. You know, because then you go, wow apart from all the water because gluten-free is what I've been looking for. Not that any other were in it, but it's the fact and then of course And then uh, what steps will we credibility? What is support? Support says um, By the way, when are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? What will it take? Accountability is and another thing that's wrong with you. Or what, what you know. Uh, in your uh, perspective about where you are and where you want to go, uh, what's the best way to understand that and to get what's new? And what's new becomes what's novel and what's interesting, and then after a couple seconds, I move on to the next thing. And so pretty soon you have... that I really need to commit to, right? So this is where we're going this year. Uh, there's a, just, a, I think there's a, a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit blowing through. Differently, but we, we've been through some very challenging times and now we're saying, okay, what can we learn from that and what does God want to do in us and through us because he has our attention, right? It's, there's nothing like...
because we assume that we are in control. Uh, and we know what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. But when we realize, my gosh, you know, there's so little that we actually control. All we can, tr- all we can ultimately control is will I decide to lean into a relationship with the living God or not? And if I do that, I, God will put me in play and want to take me someplace um, that I wouldn't be able to go otherwise or wouldn't, wouldn't maybe want to go otherwise. And so as a church, God knew and miss it. I don't want anybody here to miss it. That's why we're asking the question, what's new, what's best, and what's next? And so last week, we started off the series talking about new identity. Dave uh, preached on that. Uh, I hope you heard that sermon. If you did, if you haven't heard it yet, uh, you will be amazed when you go online and listen to that sermon. Uh, But we talked about new identity. Who gets to define you? Who gets to define you? That is, who has the authority and the credibility to define you? Who do you give permission to define you? Who gets to tell you who you are? What voices do you listen to? Uh, for many folks, uh, there's an intrinsic voice, that voice of perhaps a parent or, or some other uh, powerful person in your life tells you things about you. Relationship from long ago that we still give airtime to. And so, one of the things we wanted to talk about last week was. time to go around the room and say, okay, tell us about some people who spoke about your identity in ways that was really smoke at you, not because they were telling you fanciful things, but they were telling you, giving you feedback that was super. in Christ would play out. And I was, I was like a sponge just soaking up uh, information, content from the Scripture. Uh, kid needs their story. Uh, and so my, my parents had a religious background, Protestant and Catholic, but they didn't have any content. Don't go to jail. Oh, I mean, something like that, you know. Um, but I started to meet these adults who just, they, they were walking with Jesus. And they were doing things that anybody. But what made them amazing wasn't just their title or their resume. Uh, 
the influence of their, of their position professionally, but there's something that Christ has been doing in them for a very long time, and it was so profit world, that they were doing medicine and science or whatever it was. I just met this vast panoply of people, and they were, that God used them powerfully in my life. Well, I'm starting to see things, as every high school kid does. You start to, start to see things. What's the BS factor in all these adults around me? And so here's the guy in my high school who is the most popular teacher in my high school, and my favorite teacher, and a guy that I really, I really uh, thought the world of. And it turns out that he grew up in this really strong Christian family, Westmont College even. I, I met his parents. They were big supporters of Young Life, and he, his dad ran this massive company, and he was a very godly and humble guy. And so as, as I am a, 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 a new Christian on my campus where there's, a very, where there's no Christian no young life yet, no nothing. Uh, and, and so here's this guy that was the paragon of hipness and coolness and, and credibility. And so I was watching him closely. And what I started to notice is that he was colluding his faith, compromising his faith, undermining his faith, or, or distancing himself from it at that school. Because I thought, man, kids like me need to hear about Jesus. And you have such a purpose. And I we're having in class. And again, this guy was the epitome of cool. There, uh, I, I was shocked when he turned around, he just attacked me. Wow, that didn't go well. Well, thank God, I... Just throw him under the bus and say, yeah, he's a complete hypocrite. He's, you know, he's, his life is on a disastrous track, which it ended up being. about who you are. God is dealing with him and convicting him and you happen to walk right into it and your own immature smooth ways to but don't let that determine who you are. He is who he is. Who are you going to be? And these people started to build into my life and speak into my life. And as my disconnects and weaknesses and immaturity. They just said, this is who you are. Through all that static and all that stuff that's distracting, this is who you are. This 
experiences, and, and perhaps you've had those experiences where you think, but for those people, my identity would have been sucked up by all those other influences that I wouldn't have known until long after that. One of the benefits of, of, of 10 or 20 years in life, you start to figure out not everybody's voice that sounds authoritative is. Not everybody who's telling me something that sounds compelling uh, really things. And so new is so important. Why? Because it's what we attach our hearts to. We attach our hearts to our identity. You're a loser. You're a failure. You're transforms our identity. Why? Because our identity is no longer defined by who we know, what we have, how good we are at something, how successful we are at something. Great. But now you're going to watch the integrity of their life uh, match that title. Is it congruent? political position of authority. And we see them abuse that authority, we abhor that. Why? Because they're hiding behind the authority. Having a heart is so important. Because heart is more than just an emotional feeling. Heart is about the core of who we are. Uh, how many of you know the name Dallas Willard? One of the great theologians. Uh, For a long time, he's the, the philosophy department at USC. Uh, he's written so many great books. He's probably been about the most influential writer uh, in, in the end of the 20th century. Uh, that we've, we've seen in a long time. One of those people, when you read his stuff, you go, this is really good. He said this. This is out of a book uh, published by University Press called Renovation of the Heart. The greatest need you and I have, the greatest need of humanity in general, of our heart, renewal of our heart, a reconditioning, a rebuilding of our heart. That spiritual place within us from which outlook, choices, and actions, that, that place within us from which outlook, how we see things ourselves in the world, choices, what we commit to, what, we, what decisions we make, and actions, what we then do us with next. It comes from, um, it has been formed by a world denying God. That spiritual place within us is an action God or dismissive of it. Would say, I, I believe in a God. And this full. 
had if you picked the right people. We see this in Isaiah 29, the chapter in, in what's called the book of Isaiah, the chapter 29. Folks as well. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from Step above the, the people around them, not not by by com comparison and, and competition, but just hey, we want to be the people. We have a yearning for God, even if we're agnostics or atheists. We'd say, I, I wish it were so that there was this God you're talking about, but I just I just don't buy it. Away we are from God. We think our standards are pretty much equal to God's. In fact, in our culture nowadays, we think we're more virtuous than God. Because anything that's been recorded and they're stride for stride with God, or we're leaving Him behind. Uh, I feel like in life I'm I'm stride for stride with Janet. Until I realize it occurs to me and I have this sneaking suspicion that No longer striped by her, and also I'm realizing, oh my gosh, I had no idea how out of it I was, right? Uh, maybe you've had that feeling. So the Lord says these people are nearer with their mouth, uh, with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He goes on to say, their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. Well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with human rules that they've been taught? There's lots of human rules that are super helpful. Somebody came up with the traffic system. Somebody came up with, you know, how to how to the, how to put the Federal Reserve together. There's a guy here in the last hour who helped shape our Federal Reserve. Uh, those kinds of the things that that make the Federal Reserve make decisions. This guy gives them the content to make those decisions. So there's some people making some great rules. What's Jesus re referring to? He's talking to a bunch of if this he's talking to these religious rulers. We're not sure we. we their religiosity and their credibility. And when he says that, that, that their worship is based on human rules they've been taught, uh, he's saying that, you know, there's the Torah, the law, the first five books of the Bible called the first five books of that supersedes this. And so this has gone on for a, for a very long time.
show up on on we're saying, gosh, it's a beautiful day. It's uh, Jerusalem, amazing place. We have to wait, wait, wait. Doors open. We get in. We hit the button. I've always said the. somebody, what is going on with the elevators? They go, oh, Shabbat elevator. What? Yeah, they're programmed so that you can't push a is initiated. Electrical spark that activates the mechanism in the elevator. That's the equivalent to a fire. A fire is equivalent to cooking. Cooking is equivalent to Old Testament, keep the keep the Sabbath holy. All right, that's you're good to go. That's the one thing it says in the written Torah. Keep the Sabbath holy. All of a sudden, in the oral Torah, there's a a whole series of rules and, and principles and, and practices to get in the way of our relationship. Now, why am I talking about this? Because this doesn't relate to us. Rules within the rules that you say you actually live by. Our government, you know, our government is pretty simple. You know, president, Congress, and uh, uh, courts. There's a thousand and one agencies that all have to put you in jail to do all kinds of things. How did that happen? Well, it's the oral Torah. You need to somehow administrate this massive country. So you have the big rules, the big major pieces, but then you start giving power to places that you don't know about until you show up and find out that they're dinging you know you've broken a law. Jesus is saying these are the kinds of things that clutter our heart. It's like barnacles on a boat. It's like, it's like seaweed or kelp on your rudder or your keel. Uh, years ago, from, Ensenada, from Newport Beach to Ensenada, it's this, it's this annual famous race, and they were all phenomenal sailors on this boat, and the boat was a spectacular boat. And yet, about halfway there, they're going, this boat is not moving. What is going on? With the guy who's a skipper is the Commodore of the Newport Harbor Yacht Club, one of the best yachts. Uh, the guy's experienced serious sailors. Oh, it doesn't get better than this. Larry Bryant goes, something on the... Before anybody can think about it, he's grabbed the over the side of the boat. He's swum underneath the boat. He's cut the kelp from it. He comes back up and jumps on the boat. And everybody's like flabbergasted by this. She would need a renovation. Zillion and one things that people over time have accumulated. Uh, we don't really do that. Really, where does where's that written? Well.
like if you were sitting in their seat. New people would, we were adding, we I've just, you know, run over their pet or something, you know. This is the nature of the human. Well, actually, that's Benjamin Poor Richard's Almanac. That's not out of the Bible. But we've internalized a lot of truisms. What are yours? not about you trying hard. It's about you learning how to walk with him and listen to him and know him. But because you have all these conditions in place. Unsatisfied. You're going, I guess faith doesn't really work. So faith works really well. But there's so many things that can get in the way of And so another, as it goes on in this conversation with these, these rulers, uh, these leaders, these elders, uh, these official people, Jesus replied, you're in error because you didn't know. This is an indictment, not just to the people of his day, but on the modern church. We do not know the word of God well enough to know who God is. We can't tell if it's his voice or the culture's voice or our internal voice telling us what we should or shouldn't do. Unless you apply the scriptures, unless you learn and, 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 and live into uh, what God is teaching us, you don't get to see his power revealed and released. And you're constantly guessing who he is and, and what he wants. And what he wants. It's the proverbial elephant thing with the, the, the men around the elephant trying to tell you who he is. And it's always a, a disaster, right? And, and that, uh, that analogy is often used to say there's many roads to heaven because, see, everybody has a little bit different way of describing the elephant, which ultimately, at the end of the day, is, it's irrelevant and ridiculous. What you need is a talking elephant. What you need is the elephant to say, now that is my trunk. That is my right leg. That is my left leg. My front leg, my rear leg. That's my tail. That's my midsection. Uh, that's my tusk. Those are my ears. Himself to us, we could not know. That's the trick. You've got to walk with me. Learn from me. Live in me. authority, a well-intended, good-intentioned authority, but ineffective at the
pierces our hard-heartedness. He evokes something in us that says, I want more of this. It's on our presumption and our assumption. He invites us into a larger understanding of reality. Sees believed in the actual, you know, if it's not written, it doesn't matter. So if it's not in the Bible, we're not, we're not going to really uh, pay much attention. Sees we're a more populous group, more of them and more influence and power, to the point that the people um, resented the Sadducees because. with words uh, making. And so they saw how Jesus had spoken to the Sadducees, so they think, hey, we're going to have a shot at him now. So the Pharisees got together, says, teacher, which is the greatest command law? Now again, he's testing, he's being tested. He's not being, you know, confirmed or consulted. They're not inviting him to collaborate or to collaborate with him. They're saying, we're going to call you out because you're a pretender and opposer. We know that. We just don't know how. But we're going to figure out how to get at that. And we're going to not just talk about the, the, the written Torah. We're going to talk about all the invisible parts of it, too. And so this is one of their trick commandments in the law. Now, there's 613 commandments. So which one is most important? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, all your heart, the word cardia, cardiology. Uh, the main street in every ancient city was called the, 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 the cardo, the heart of the city. You go to any Roman city, there's a cardo. Any Greek city, there's a cardo. That's the heart of the city. Uh, if, you're ever, if you're in England, High Street is the main, the main drag in town. Main, main street, you know, in American towns. So um, with all your heart, with all your soul, soul, we, we, we've taken that word and we, we call suche, we call it psychology. Soul. A mind that is constantly the love that the Lord will call out of you from your heart, your soul, and your full mind. And so this is the first and the greatest. Black jaw, like, oh my gosh, he is truly astounding. What's he getting at? He's saying there's something more important than law. Laws and rules are super important. But laws can't produce justice. Contract that somebody can't violate. 
you can't have enough liability waivers not, you know, to create problems. There's something else going on here. So heart isn't just about an emotional froth, sentimental feelings about things. It's about this unifying factor of personhood together. Every functioning human being is shaped by what's in our heart. Why? Because what we give our heart to shapes our identity. That's what uh, who they being decisive, all of a sudden, if you violate these, you don't But I pray in the meantime that we'll be a church with a deep, authentic love for God. How? God wants to teach us how to have a heart for one another. He wants us to know His Word as He's revealed. Let that sink in. You're not a blank sheet. You have a nature. And not trying to be who people want you to be. And learning to live in your true nature that has been and will be revealed by God. Not wishful thinking. This is purposeful living. Really and truly you, unapologetically you. Is, 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 is what God wants to, to shape and influence and set free. So no matter what you do, what you choose to do, uh, vocationally, professionally, and you're, 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 in a sense, at peace being you. We are a restless nation right now. We are not comfortable being us. Why? Because we become untethered. The road of materialism and realize that's not satisfying. We've gone down the road of power and realize that's not satisfying. Uh, we can't even, you get the most powerful people in the room, we can't get them to agree. The unique, unrepeatable miracle of God's love and grace and transformation begins in your heart. As, as Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, the dividing line between good and evil runs through the human heart. It starts in your heart. In your heart but, but in this sense, we don't mean just a physical organ. We mean in the core of who you are. Core of who you are. So reflecting the abiding presence of God in you now and forever is about your real identity. Reflecting 
the abiding presence of God now, functionally, practically now, ever version of you. So you're is that you're a beloved son or Session of faith starts with perfect. There's a lack of capacity to receive forgiveness. Sure, right now, even story is the most important part of your identity. to hold on to your grief story until you realize there's a better alternative. It's self except it's accepting and respecting other people, even the ones you don't agree with for all kinds of good reasons. As La La Land, Marianne Williamson dropped out of the presidential race, and she was all about. And yet, yet what it did is it pierced people's hearts in those first few debates, didn't it? When they, when she's talking about love, and compassion, people going, "Man, this doesn't." theological basis for that, but the fact that she's talking about love and compassion, powerful. Uh, you know, um, at the goal no kidding. Giving and receiving kindness and compassion comes out of a renovated heart. Giving and receiving truth and honesty. We live in dishonest times. People edit what they want you to think is the truth. Here, here's my Instead, what we do is tell uh, what we want to hear. And one of the things that God does is He reveals um, Himself through His Word and His power in us. He gives us an, uh, the capacity uh, to receive truth and honesty and to express it likewise. Dangerous, not in the sense of violent or, or threatening, but they're free. How I'm seeing it, just how I'm experiencing it. What's your story? Powerful, powerful, powerful. So as we talk about uh, your new identity comes out of this new heart, what are you going to do to lean into this year by saying, okay, Lord, I want to learn from you. We have so many resources here at your uh, disposal to help you grow in your knowledge and love of God, your knowledge and love of other people.
Why? Because we want to set people free to be able to articulate this incredible thing that God has done and that God continues to do in a world that is desperately in need of it, but, but is desperately skeptical of it because they don't see enough examples of it. We can be the example the Lord Jesus, that we would be people who are by your love what's next into you together. Everything that Pastor Steve said that when we enter into the doing it, knowing what God can take and what God can accomplish. And I pray that he was humble and so generous in giving us his love and his son and his mercy. you bow your heads and let's just pray uh, for this time of offering. Lord, we do, we come before you. Uh, Father, we just want to give back to you a heart of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of surrender. We thank you for Father, that we can sit and we uh, hear about the new heart and the life that you have given to us through the teaching. Offering of our heart, of our mind, of our service. And as we engage more in this time of worship through singing and through the closing of the service, Father, would our hearts continually just be...
continually. Uh, I, have a, I have an unbroken record of, of failing every day my entire life in some way, uh, but not the because love, because you're so awesome. It's not an if love. If you do these things, it's an in spite of love, in spite of the fact that nobody is perfect. His love is perfect for us. Maybe today is a homecoming day for you, coming back to him, saying, okay, Lord, I've been away a long time. I'm back. Perhaps today uh, is a day you're saying, wow, I've been through a lot, and all of a sudden I'm in a place I never thought I'd be It's so great. Keep thanking him. And then also maybe you can become a guide for other people in their journey. If we can pray for you about anything, uh, go right around the corner. There's a beautiful little prayer garden out in the front, and somebody will be there to have a, a brief prayer with you before you go. In any way, uh, in, in any form, to take whatever next steps to experience what's best about God's love for you and growing in His love in your life. By the way, if, if you're interested in membership, we're going to be having a, a new members gathering uh, at 1215 right in that Welcome Center. Uh, there's food, uh, uh, understand what we are as a church, what we're doing. Some of you already know you want to join the church. Others are saying, I don't know. So there's no pressure to join the church. Chance to understand what we're So now may the Lord bless you. Face on you. Uh, I don't know.